Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview series. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor and Director of Social Media. In this segment, Russ Branzell, President and CEO of Chime, speaks about the enormous loss that both Chime and the entire industry suffered when Tim Stedheimer passed away earlier this year. Branzell opens up about his decades-long relationship with Stedheimer and why they bonded so easily. The intelligence, authenticity, and goofy spirit that Stedheimer embodied in everything he did, and the incredible legacy he leaves behind. So, um, wanted to uh, get some of your thoughts, of course, on Tim Stedheimer. Um, it still is really hard to absorb that he's gone, but what I've learned over the years is that you honor people by sharing their stories, and that yeah. you know those who are close to them they really enjoy that. So I think that that's so important. Yeah, without a doubt. And Tim and I have been doing this together for almost 27 years. And so we have had some crazy adventures and some crazy laughs and a few tears along the way and uh, have, have generally gone through life together, kind of supporting each other as friends for literally all the way back since the mid 90s. So it's uh, it's been a long journey. Yeah. Can you tell me about uh, when and how you first met him? So Chime used to have this program called the IME series. It was the Information Management Executive Series. It was the predecessor to what we now call boot camp. Okay. And it was taught by then, just like today, a lot of the kind of the who's who and, and legacy of Chime and Adrian Edens and Ed Kapetsky and Tim Zoff and John Glasser, of course, and Stephanie Rios. I mean, just so many icons in our industry. And this program used to bring all kinds of different people together over three different series of classes. And Tim and I met on the very first class we came together. I don't know if we went through all three of the classes together, but I know we were at the first one that each of us attended, uh, which was IT strategy, mostly taught by John Glasser. In little Ypsilanti, Michigan, at a little Marriott out there on some lake somewhere. And um, but once you were there, you basically didn't leave for a few days. And so Tim and I got to know each other well then and realized at that time, definitely no longer the case, uh, we were the young kids out there. It, the fact that most of us weren't in CIO jobs at that age. Uh, so we just got to spend kind of a bit of time and kind of connected in a weird way and and uh, and have kind of gone through this whole weird journey parallel to each other in our careers and family lives with our kids being about the same age. Okay. And, and what was your first impression of him? You know, I don't know if it was anything other than anything weird or anything of that nature. I, I just think both of us were in a really strange place in the fact that we were in our early 30s, already in CIO jobs. Yeah. And we both kind of looked at each other like, what the heck are we doing here? And just both realized we were in strange places at the same time and kind of kindred spirits. On my best day ever and his worst day ever, I do know I'll never be as smart as Tim ever was both intellectually and just a realist of the world and understanding what's around him. Mean, I think he's he's one of those people, the second you met him, you would know, one, how intelligent he was, but also that he knew how to use that in a way that was meaningful. You don't meet too many people in your life where you go, wow, that person's just really smart. And that was Tim. Tim was he was as deep as you could get book smart, but he was also a realist and, and, and a bit of a pragmatic person at the same time. Yeah. You don't always see that that mix. <laughs> it's interesting. And obviously you you meet a lot of people, but um, something, you know, really kind of caused you guys to, to stay in touch and grow closer, probably beyond just the fact that you were around the same age. Obviously, there was something else that kind of drew you together as friends. 
Well, again, you talk about people that are kind of cut from the same stone, and Mm -hmm. there's so many parallels between Tim and I in our life as a whole, even life philosophies. Uh, We're both grounded in our faith, first and foremost. Um, We are grounded in our family, second, which interesting when you think about the values that drive a person. Not many people in the world meet another person that's kind of built on the same philosophy and the same uh, things that really get to our core, Uh, and friends being third, but both of us kind of believed in this philosophy that family and friends often are the same thing, even when not related by blood. And there's probably not many people on this earth, I would have said, in a moment's notice, would drop everything and just come and help us if we ever need it, and, and vice versa. And that kind of is one of those people that is there and really became such deep friends that it wasn't just a professional relationship. It was a personal relationship as well. I mean, we traveled the world together, both personally and professionally. You know, there was a period where we went to Israel, which for us meant something more than just an international trip. It was it was a bit of a, a pilgrimage for us in which we shared that experience with our families at the same time. And so it, it really was an important journey for us to, to do all those things together. Yeah. So in putting together the piece that I did, there was a couple of themes that came up and one of them was how genuine he was. And that's something that you don't always see, because I think a lot of us are, are taught that you have to be professional and it's not always easy to walk that line. Well, I, I don't I don't think Tim could help not being real. I think <laughs> what is unique about him is to a credit and to a fault, he is who he was. He was a goofy, weird, charismatic, interesting, often just kind of all out there kind of human being. And he couldn't not be that. He and I did so many programs together. It had to be in the hundreds of programs together over the years. And I would say things like, Tim, just keep this next answer to a short. And for him, that meant I'll just cut three seconds off a way too long answer. He just couldn't help being himself, which is as natural a human being as you can, whether you bonded with that or it drove you crazy, which probably was a little of both for all of us at some point. He was just Tim. And he was the same way with his family and he was the same way with his deepest friends and his his same way at his church and the same way talking to Carol, his wife. There were things that just drove her crazy because he couldn't help being him, which was in the end, the greatest blessing he provided us. Yeah. Yeah. And the number of people who mentioned their own time in boot camp and being students. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it seems like he he really opened up and, and that that kind of thing just puts people at ease right away. I think it helps you kind of build a trust and think that that's that really came across. Yeah, it was interesting because I took over as program director for the boot camp in 2004. And I think it was 2006 when we had a couple of the been around for a long time faculty decided to step down. It was like, who are we going to bring in? And without a doubt, universally, me, Keith, everybody else involved in the program, everybody else said, it's got to be Tim. He's just kind of a missing link in any group in how he approaches stuff because he was wired so different than everybody and how he laid out his things. And Keith and I joked about this. We happened to be together here in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago when we found out Tim had passed. And we both looked at each other and said, you know, those things that drove us crazy, how much would we give today to hear those one more time and let them drive us crazy again? Because it was never crazy in a negative way. It was crazy always in a positive way. And that was just him. And he was as authentic in front of a bunch of students he had never met before as he was friends he'd known for 25 years. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. So it's not surprising probably now when you look back on it that he took on this role of a teacher, educator, and really kind of ran with it with time. Yeah, he did. You know, it was interesting when when we decided that Keith was already doing quadruple duty and we needed to pull something off of him and, and the logical thing to do was education. And you look around and when you look for a person who's got real world experience, teaching experience, a great personality, the ability to speak in a public forum, basically what you're asking for is a, a unicorn that somehow also looks like a purple squirrel that he never existed before. And, and even today, we're having a hard time replacing yeah. that position for the very reason of you're looking for someone that is so unique in ability and skill set that at the exact same time can educate and and really connect with people. And he, he was the logical person. Matter of fact, I, even today, like I say, it is so hard to think about somebody that looks and acts like that and that ability all at the same time has the leadership skills to organize big programs. Yeah, it, it was Tim and it really is. And, and that's probably why we can't find somebody today because there, there isn't another Tim. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the textbook example of, you know, big shoes to fill. Well, he, he loved education. He was book smart, but also pragmatic at the same time. But it was interesting. He and I were having a debate about something on some trip where it was just him and I, probably some foreign country somewhere talking about something. And, and I said, Tim, how many books can you read in a month? And he was like, he read more books in a month than I probably read in two or three years. And, and I pride myself on staying current. And he was like, yeah. how do you do this? He goes, well, books on tape, on the plane, on whatever, executive summaries, all this kind of stuff. And it was just like, he just prided himself on constantly learning. But I also think his brain depended on it. He had to feed himself because he was that type of personality. He loved it, learn. He loved to educate. Yeah. Always learning. Always. Yeah. It's inspiring. It even is today. It just is continues to inspire us that we all can get better and, and never stop learning. Yeah. And um, one of the many anecdotes that stood out was from Teresa Meadows, who said that he was the one who recommended and kind of pushed her into the CIO role that she wasn't, she didn't know she wanted or was ready for. And that really takes a certain person and a certain type of leader it's unselfish, but it's also seeing the potential that people don't know they have. And I don't know if, I don't know how you teach that, honestly. You know, it's interesting because I think we came up with these silly things many years ago. And I'm sure this probably came from Tim, knowing how silly it sounds, but it was the laws of the revolution. And one of the laws was Semper Gumby, always flexible. <laughs> and we came up with this theory that a leader's job was to stretch somebody to the point right short of breaking them, but so much so that they were a different kind of person as they moved forward. And yet it was an art to know how far and how fast to stretch somebody. And, and I think Tim did an amazing job that you look at some of the leaders that are around that were part of Tim's development cycle as a CIO and as a mentor and Donna Roach and Teresa and so many others. I mean, there's just a bunch and you can see a little piece of him in every one of them. They're their own unique leaders, but he also knew if we didn't develop more people, we didn't develop more staff. I think one of my favorite quotes with him is, the number one job of a leader is to make more leaders. And I think that actually came from somebody else, probably Stephen Covey or something like that. But he, he learned to, to use quotes like that because they were so meaningful. In the end, really, all of our job is just to make more people that can go do great things and lead. And he took that really seriously. Yeah. 
there's really so much. And it's kind of funny that, you know, you're talking about him also being goofy and I will never forget the foreigner concert, how he was making fun of me because he, because he said I was too cool to dance. And I said, no, no, I'm not. And he starts doing this ridiculous, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like a two-step or something. And I was just laughing so hard. I'm like, all right, if if you can dance like that, I can dance to foreigner. Exactly. You know, it's, he and I got to spend a lot of personal one-on-one time in lots of different places in the world and on long plane rides and that kind of stuff. And, you know, my initial re- reaction as being a bit of an introvert would be to immediately hit a hotel and kind of incubate for a little period of time, whether that's jet lag or tiredness or whatever it might be, or just natural introvert behavior. And he was so good at, nope, we've got this and this planned, or Russ, you tell us what we're going to do because because we're not going to sit in this hotel room and mope. We're going to go figure this out. And whether it was going and finding a castle to walk through in England or going to a zoo in Australia, whatever it was, we never were lacking in adventure. And I think that's something that sticks with me still to this day is whether it be Tim or my wife or others is you you only have so many days. And I think Tim really reminded of this in his last six months. You only have so many days to enjoy this. and. Don't let a day slip by. Don't let a memory opportunity go wasted when you could do something instead of just kind of sitting around. And and I think that's one of the greatest lessons he really gave to me was enjoy every day because today is a gift. Yeah. When I see the pictures of uh, the trips you guys took, it's so fantastic. And and to hear that, you know, when you were there, you're you're really going out and exploring and it, it does sometimes take someone to nudge us along a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and we did some crazy nutty things. And when you even think of the grand scheme of the last eight months, what we got to experience in June and July together, which again was, it could have been very routine because we had been to London numerous times or England numerous times together. We could have just said, and we've been there, done that, but we didn't on that last trip. We did so many kind of fun and cool things. and, And even the last night, just sitting around talking about some stuff and how excited he was for the next thing we might get to do together or him and his family or whatever. It was just this reminder of we could have easily made that trip boring. Mm. But at the same time, I look back on that and there's like 10, 12, 15 crazy memories in two weeks time that could have been nothing, but instead turned out to be really for me, the last real traveling and spending time, that kind of time together, memories that I'll never lose. Uh, which is a cool thing when you think about it. The memories you made will last a lifetime. And that's what's beautiful about Tim. Yeah. And just the whole Chime family, you know, is feeling this loss. And do you think that it's something now where people are are better at not just give someone some time off of work, but really talking about grief and really kind of working through these things and that being kind of part of the leader's role? It was interesting when this first happened and uh, we were thinking about it. And when I made my last visit with Tim late last year. There was this great quote that the queen gave, the the, the price of love is pain. And I never really understood what that meant because I've never had, until Tim, had anybody that close that's passed away. And, And I still think a lot of people are, including myself, kind of going through a process that is some days joyful, some days tearful. You just happen to catch me on a day where I'm really feeling joyful about the memories of Tim. And then a little bit later today, we'll spend some time with our team because some of our team haven't got to go through this process yet either. And some are not ready to even talk about it. And 
now yeah. because having gone through it so many times over the last couple of weeks, it's uh, it's a little less painful and a lot more joyful to re- in recognition, which is what I hope is the lasting memory of Tim, which is a person that brought people great joy and yeah. focused them on the right things in life. And I think that's a legacy that we could all wish we leave behind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, is there other ways in which Chime's going to honor him? I imagine there are. There is. Um, obviously, the, there was a nice representation at his family funeral in Birmingham last week. Um, we'll spend some time internal to our team today. We'll have a ceremony as well at the Vive event. Um, we had already established and working with Tim setting up the Dr. Tim Stedheimer Scholarship Fund inside of our education program uh, mm-hmm. to be able to send people to a lifelong learning, which is what his passion was. And we'll continue to make sure that occurs as well. Uh, and then there's some private stuff that we will do, uh, especially a couple of us that were extremely close to him that we will do uh, to make sure we never lose memory or uh, respect for who he was as both a person and a friend to us and a dear brother in many ways. So I hope we never stop recognizing him because I think he he lived a life worth recognition, but I also want people to remember him for who he was, just an amazing human being. Well, I thank you. Thank you for all you do. And uh, you do just as much as all the rest of us to make sure we all stay connected. And thank you for doing what you do to to honor Tim. He was a great friend. He will always be a great friend. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.